Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Ladies and gentlemen, I am your host, Blake Rafino. This is Are You Serious Sports. We hope that you guys are making it a good one. We know that we are as well. Massive show in store for you tonight. Can LSU duplicate their success? So last night, if you missed the show, I know it was really late. Later, so late, Dracula would have been very happy that we did a show at the time that we <laughs> had to wait up and do it. But nevertheless... It was fun. We're going to recap some of the things that we we touched on last night and then go a step further. So take two of what we touched on last night in case you missed it. Why I believe that not only is LSU going to duplicate what they did, but get better than what they did a season ago. And I think I might make a, a early, excuse me, I think I'm going to make an early prediction tonight where I think LSU is going to end up. I think I'm going to make a prediction because as I study the film and as I continue to look at it, I just don't know if Alabama is the toughest team that you will face on your schedule next season. The basketball school now, right? Like uh, apparently Alabama's a basketball school now. <laughs> don't tell him I said that, but talking to one of my buddies today, he said, we're a basketball school now, Blake. What are you, what are you talking about? So can't LSU duplicate? We will touch on that uh, here tonight. We'll go around your SEC. I was not able to touch on that last night because of how late it was. Um, we'll, we'll talk a little baseball. Talk a little baseball. Talk a little baseball. Don't freak out uh, as well. But we do have some March Madness stuff coming up as we do have a couple of SEC teams that are still in this. Arkansas still in it, Tennessee still in it, and obviously Alabama is still in the March Madness. So we'll touch on that tonight. Baseball, football, and basketball uh, when we go around your SEC. But you know, it's Wednesday, and normally we have this guy on Thursdays. But nevertheless, nevertheless, we are guessing it up twice 
here tonight is Matt Trent from WBRZ will be joining us at 7.30. We'll talk some, uh, some spring football. What did he see? What did he like from the other day at practice? Also, we'll touch baseball because you know Matt is the outright GOAT when it comes to talking LSU baseball. He's a guy that played it, man. I mean, you can't pitch at the level that he pitched at and not know baseball. That is just straight fact. And then, for the first time, we will bring on a new guest, Jordan Black, she will be joining us at 7.45. We will be talking a lot of things with her. Men's, uh, uh, men's March Madness is the best Eric Musselman, a shirtless Eric Musselman. She tweeted that out the other day. I thought that was pretty clever. Uh, she is a Tar Heel, so I'm going to ask her some questions about Mac Brown and Drake May. How do the Tar Heels respond this season in football? And we will talk a little bit about our podcast and some of the really interesting and amazing things that she's doing and some of the answers that she's getting. She interviewed like Christian McCaffrey's mom, Joy Taylor. I mean, she just had a lot of interesting human beings uh, uh, that she's interviewed in her lifetime. She was an award-winning journalist and broadcaster. So I'm looking forward to having Jordan on at 745 to talk with us. And we will talk Saints free agency and NFL draft. That is for sure. But let me say, since I said the Saints, let me go ahead and say this. Um, and I will go ahead and share it up on the screen. Uh, and I want to read this on the show very quickly. Um, because there was some breaking news when we were doing the Rafino and Joe show uh, just a second ago. Uh, in, case you in case you missed it. Um, so Foster Morrow, the former LSU tight end, came out with a statement today and I'm going to read it to you guys uh here right now. He uh Foster Morrow uh-oh. There we go. Foster Morrow came out with a statement and said through somewhat of a miraculous process, this free agency period has been life-changing for me. During a routine physical conducted by Saints medical team and staff in New Orleans, I've learned to I uh, have come to learn that I have hot, uh, Hawkins lymphoma and will be stepping away from football. Foster also said at this time to fight a new opponent, which is cancer. I'm grateful for the opportunity and thankful for people who have stood firm with me. There hasn't been a single step I've taken without hundreds of people lighting the path before me and will continue to seek their guidance. And then the last thing he said was, that being said, I will kick this thing's outright ass and get back to doing what I love. So, uh, we're just, I, I just want to make it well known that we are thinking of former, uh, uh, former LSU tight end Foster Morrow as he was in New Orleans. A lot of people have been talking about him coming and signing a free agency deal with the New Orleans Saints and the Saints, um, found something that you never want to find when you're doing a physical, uh, that is that just one of the better LSU Tigers that you'll ever run across and Foster Morrow has Hawkins lymphoma. Yes, sir. You open it. It's not locked. Hold on. I think we have a third. It's not locked. What? What? What is that? Daddy's doing a show and you're just coming up, barging up. <gasps> what is this? What is that? What is that? You want that for your birthday? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to come up and talk to people on for Daddy's show? Yeah. Okay. So you want a bouncy house for your birthday? Yeah. Okay. I see you have a soccer shirt on, buddy. Can you? Did you have soccer today? Hey, 
How many goals did you score? Show them how many. Five goals? You're you're the you're the next Italian Pele, buddy. Yeah? How many coach Dallas? You won you won the championship with Coach Dallas? Yeah. Yeah, man! Championship! <laughs> you're not gonna give me a high five? Alright. We can get that for your birthday, okay? Okay. Alright. But for now, you gotta get off Daddy's show. Okay? <laughs> I know. Who is that? Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Alright. Take this. Go see mommy and close daddy's door. Okay. Hey. Love you. Bye. Close the door. <laughs> As our son Ben, his uh, birthday's coming up. He wants a bouncy house. <sighs> close it all the way, buddy. Thank you. He wants a bouncy house for his birthday party. Daddy, am I going to be able to invite everybody? <laughs> yeah, buddy, you can. Um, Adrian says, so let's get a couple comments, though, before we get rolling. Adrian says, praying for him and his family. Yeah, man, that's it's crazy about Foster, man. And look, let me just tell you something. And you people in this chat right now that are parents, You know, when you get older, I don't know if this is a wrong way of thinking, but man, I, I think about that kind of stuff all the time, man. Mm. The only thing I ask, man, the only thing I ask is that the good Lord just protects my babies. That's all I ask. Protect my babies, man. Uh, Jacob Wiggins says, let's go. Ryan says, big Ben. My mom is in the chat. She says, sweet baby Ben. <laughs> uh, Ryan sends $2 for his super chat says for Ben's bouncy house. Yes, guys, I'm broke. He's making me broke. Send the super chats, please. God of, of almighty. <laughs> Send super chats, please. Send the super chats. I'm broke. Uh, Ryan says, doesn't he melt your heart? Yeah, man. Yeah. Delton says, get that bounce house. Yeah, we're going to get the bounce house, man. Y'all got to send more super chats, though. <laughs> I'm just messing. All right. Let's get this thing rolling. Let's get this thing started. Everybody do us a favor, though, by hitting the like and share. Share to all of those social media pages. If you're live with us on Facebook, look, man, I, I just got to give a shout out to all of you that follow it and listen to us live on Facebook. You're absolutely killing it for us. Continue to do us the favor by hitting that like button, hitting the share. Every time you hit that like button, whether you're on YouTube or whether you're on Facebook, you're helping our show grow so much. Uh, as I told you, probably in the next couple of weeks, maybe in a month, two months, we're going to be uh, uh, telling you guys about some massive news that we have coming our way. So we're looking forward to that. Please just do us a favor by hitting like and share if you're on youtube like subscribe notification bell thank you so much for doing that wherever you listen to podcasts or if you're listening to us on the radio station sirius xm tune in wherever you're listening to us do us a favor though by hitting the like and share rate review and subscribe all of that good stuff we greatly appreciate you doing that all right 
let's do this. Let's get to our uh, quick break. We're going to talk some LSU football around your SEC. Matt Trent joining us, Jordan Black joining us, and we'll talk some Saints free agency, but not before we talk about our good friends over at betonline.ag and our good friends over at GM Varno and Sons, gmvarnoandsons.com. We're back in one minute. We've got a lot of LSU to discuss and spring practice. We will be there live Saturday in person. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way for you to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events, with the first-to-market odds in lines. Find reviews for all the news for each league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, college sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information for live, in-game betting, props, and futures. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to join and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's BELIEVE50, B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline.ag, BetOnline.ag. With over 65 years of experience, nobody is better equipped to service in your vehicle than GM Bardo and Sons. RV repair, big rig overhauls, motor chassis, routine maintenance, tire rotations, tire sales. No job is too big or too small over at GM. If you break down the side of the road in the greater Baton Rouge area, they will come and get you. And the best thing about that is that they can come and get you. And then they can bring your vehicle back to their shop and start the repairs right then. Again, GM Varno and Sons, go see them over at 2500 Fuller Boulevard. Give them a call at 225-664-9992. 225-664-9992. Tell me, good friend, play Rafino. Sit you on by. We're, We're back. back. All right. So I know that last night. So let me just say this. Let's get this thing started, man. Let's get this thing started, y'all. Um. So last night, I know that we did a show extremely late. I know that you know, and it, I thought, for what it's worth, at the end of this show, if you want to, I thought last night's episode and show was one of the better ones that we had ever done just from outright uh uh how do i want to say this just from maybe an outright um football talk process now we've talked a lot of lsu baseball the breakdown of arkansas we'll talk about that tonight with matt trent but i want to get back in a take two and a part two of can lsu duplicate their success now if you were listening to our show just a minute ago on the rafino and joe show i brought this up but i'm gonna go a little bit deeper into where i think college football is heading and what they're doing based off of some of the statistics that we've seen and where lsu has been dominant in guys i mentioned last night and for anybody that wanted to challenge us, we had 17 people today that wanted me to send them this link because they didn't believe the statistics that we, can't, we we showed inside the show last night. They didn't believe it. Blake, there's no way that LSU's offense did as good as you said that they did. There's no way. There's a 0% chance that LSU's offense was as potent and as good as they were. Like you said, there's no way. So... If you want to challenge us and you want me to send you the link for all of LSU's offense and defensive statistics, DM me. I'll be happy to send it to you. Or, or sometimes a quick Google search will help you. But last night we talked about how LSU, as an example, LSU, as an example, per game. So of the 14 games that they played last year, here's their averages. They had 34.5 passing, per attempts, per, passing attempts per game. 
They also, in those 34.5 passing attempts per game, average 270.3 yards per game through the air. Here's the massive one. Here's the massive one, though. Is that LSU had 184.9 yards or rushing yards per game. Now, the biggest thing that I was hit with last night, and we'll talk about it again here, was Blake, you got to take the 885 rushing yards away from Jane Daniels. It does not work like that. What? What do you mean I got to take away the rushing yards for your leading rusher? That doesn't <laughs> affect anything. Why and how and who in their right mind would take away 885 rushing yards? You know, you're not going to take rushing yards away from anybody else. Why are you specifically going to take it away from Jaden? Now, the interesting part is this. I had an epiphany. I had an epiphany. Have you ever watched the, 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 the TV series House MD? I, it hit me like I was House. Gregory House on House MD. Just a light clicked on. You know what's interesting the team that has been running the West over the last over a decade, last 15 years, has been who? The University of Alabama. Nobody can, can, can say that they haven't been and that Nick Saban has not been the GOAT and he hasn't been a really good coach. You cannot say that he hasn't been one of those people. You know what's interesting is that the three teams, LSU included, who had 187 rushing yards on him, they run all the teams that they lost to and that they had close games against. What did they do? They ran the football at a very high clip, which is interesting to me, which is very interesting to me, which begs me the question, is college football, and we talk about it always being a passing league, and it is, it is, and you're still throwing the ball for 35 per attempts, attempts per game. It's not like you're less miles in this thing. What's interesting is that you're running the ball at that high of a clip. Now, the question that I'm going to pose tonight and what we're going to talk about is, can LSU duplicate? The reason why I think LSU not only can duplicate the success that they had offensively last year, that I think that they're going to get better is because of three major factors, three absolutely massive factors that you just can't ignore anymore at this point, right? That being number one, and probably the obvious to some who will listen, Guys, they're getting better along the offensive line. So when I look at this offensive line as an example, and I've given the statistics of when, what happens when you return five offensive linemen and things like that, but you do have your starting left tackle back. You have your starting left guard back. You have your starting center back. You have a guy in Garrett Dellinger at worst that's coming back, and then you add a guy like Mason Lunsford. Who is going to be? Who is a guy that's had 28 starts in the Big Ten? Is going up against teams like Michigan, Ohio State, who's really and truthfully played really good ball up to now. And then you have a five-star in Lance Hurd that's coming in as well. What do they do with him? And then the the All Pro from Catholic High, and Emory Jones. It's interesting, guys. How can you sit here from an LSU perspective and say that they can get any worse in the running game? You know. A lot of people don't really look at Saban and say to themselves, well, well, Saban's such an innovator until after the fact, right? So when Saban went to the spread offense, they didn't say how it was going to be great for Alabama until they went on the field and they started having success and Lane Kevin was there and they were winning national championships because football had changed. What, is, what does Nick Saban know that Brian Kelly's already implementing? So he went out there and hired Brian Kelly's former – Offensive coordinator and quarterback. 
why would he want to be have an offense a lot like what LSU did a season ago? Here's why. Here's why. Tennessee, a team that Alabama lost to last year, ran the ball for 182 yards on the ground. Scored seven total touchdowns. They also threw for 385. LSU threw for 182, but also ran, and here's a key thing, they ran the ball at 187 yards. Ole Miss, probably the toughest, probably the toughest. Well, I don't want to say that. But probably the three toughest teams that they played, Tennessee, LSU, and then they were losing to Ole Miss at the half, 17-14. to 14, and I'm old enough to remember that. Junkins ran for 142 gross yards and 135 net. He had two touchdowns. Jackson Dart had 16 carries for 51 yards gross and 35 yards net when you subtract the sack yardage. Guys, the three toughest teams that Alabama faced a season ago, they gave on average, they gave up on average 186.67 yards per game on the ground. Now, what does that tell me? And now I brought this up in the beginning of my show, and I'm going to bring it up now. I have the ultimate hot take. Now, you're going to say, Blake, don't do it. And you're right. I probably shouldn't because I might eat my words. I might have uh, uh, all the crow and egg on my face. The question I start asking myself is when Alabama starts getting physically dominated along their defensive line, should we start looking at that at them that they're the wobbled boxer that's in the corner that just got hit by Rocky Balboa, Rocky Balboa Haymaker? When's the time that you ever remember an Alabama team with under Nick Saban that had such hard time stopping the run? I'm going to make a bold prediction and probably an ultimate hot take. I just don't know at the current moment from an LSU fan perspective if Alabama is going to be your toughest game next season. I think it might be Florida State. Because when you can go out there, if you're LSU, and run the ball at that high of a clip. Now, this is barring injury. This is barring something crazy happening. I'm talking about with the facts that we have right now. Like, what are the facts that we have right now? If everything is equal, meaning Alabama doesn't have massive injuries, LSU doesn't have massive injuries, I just don't know if I can make the comparison or the realistic thought process that Alabama is the team that I fear the most going into next season. Now, Blake, did they bring in you, – you're probably going to ask yourself, now, Blake, did they bring in the number one overall recruiting class? Yeah, they did. They have a lot of talent. So do you. So do you. And without question, right now, if you ask me my humble opinion, what unit is better, LSU's offensive line or Alabama's defensive line, to me it's not really a comparison at all. Especially when you have a scenario and situation where you had two true freshmen that dominated, a guy in Mason Lunsford that comes in that's got 28 starts in the Big Ten. Charles Turner held his own. You have another guy that was a freshman All-American in Miles Frazier that's starting at left guard. And oh, by the way, Garrett Dellinger is still around town. I really start asking myself the question, how big is that Florida State game in week one? Ultimate thing. The ultimate thing. You know what makes you 11 win, 11 win team, 12 win team? And I, I, I will preach this as long and as, as long as it takes. You know why Tennessee had so much success against Alabama? LSU got to do better than, than this. They got to get the ball down the field in the passing game. Now, as that game went on against Alabama a season ago, as an example, you had 
Jaden Daniels throwing the corner route to Mason Taylor in the back of the end zone. Touchdown. Bang. You have him hitting Kayshawn Boutin on a 15-yard end. Bang. You have some of these really elite throws that he made. And Alabama is still susceptible to that. You know, my thing is, is that how does A&M go up against Alabama in season ago and Haynes King has 253 yards and then you have a guy like Evan Stewart who was a freshman last year for A&M. He had eight catches, 106 yards. When you're able to run that ball that high clip, you got to get those passing yards numbers up. you got to get those passing touchdown yardage up. And that's not a shot at Jaden. He knows that. He's working on that. Brian Kelly, in his press conference yesterday, he he explicitly talked about that, right? Explicitly talked about that. And some would say that he kind of went out of his out of his way to give specific details on the plan that Jane Daniels and him came together with. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do think that college football as a holistic nature is starting to change when you have teams running the ball the way that they are. What makes Lane Kiffin so scary? Everybody says it's Blake, it's what they do through the air. It's never been what they do through the air. It's when you have running backs who are true freshmen like Judkins, who have 25 carries and 142 gross rushing yards and two touchdowns. Guys, did you know, taking away sack yardage as an example, right? If you take away sack yardage against against or away from Ole Miss in that game, they ran for a net of 216 rushing yards, and they were leading at the half. They were physically dominating them. Now, you could say, well, Blake, why do we have to cons- just talk about Alabama specifically? Well, you don't. But in your conference, in your division, I should say, in the last year of your division, you're going to have to go up against them. And quite honestly, as the years go on, they're going to continue to be, continue to be, one of your permanent opponents. You're going to continue to go up against them, guys. I think that I think that I think that they're a little vulnerable, especially up front. You can have your takes about, do you want Jane Daniels? You can have your takes about Garrett Nussmeyer. Guys, at this point, I am re- I am relentlessly tired of having that discussion at this exact moment. Now, will we have it when we go to practice on Saturday? After that, do you, you're probably going to want to know what we saw and what happened. Sure, we can talk about it. We are going to talk about it after I can get my eyes back on Jaden Garrett and we can talk about things and have players and interviews. One thing, though, man, I can't just in that epiphany get over is how bad Alabama's been against a Ben in the running game. Teams that are having success, Georgia, Michigan is another team that was in the playoff. TCU, what do they all have in common? Ohio State, what do they all have in common? They run the, high, they run the ball at a very high clip. Saban going against an offensive coordinator that's primary focus is running the football. Why does he do that? Because he knows where the game's changing. And I, I like Ryan's... Uh, a comment here and everybody telling me to take away Jane Daniels' legs. Well, that sounds cool. That sounds cute. He just threw for 207 and a half or 200, 207 or 208. I can't remember, but 208 or 207 passing yards against George in the first half. Guys, you're dangerous. This is the top five. You're going to go into preseason, a top five team. Now I had my doubts. I had my doubts because I didn't know of the guys that would be returning, but I will tell you 
when you're able to go out there and have 187 rushing yards against Alabama, and then you look at Tennessee and they have 182 rushing yards, and then Ole Miss absolutely clapped the ever-living cheeks out of Alabama up front and having 216 rushing yards, gross rushing yards, I start asking myself the question, is Florida State the bigger opponent or the more scary opponent that LSU will face next season more than the University of Alabama? Because I promise you this is God is my witness. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, there's not a better defensive line in the interior and exterior that you will face better than Jared Verse and Brayden Fisk that's on Florida State's defensive line. You probably won't face a better corner than Vince Earl Cypress. You just won't. This is a top five team in LSU. You got to continue to do what you're doing because I think the game might be changing a little. little. Is it a passing league? Yeah. You average 35 passing attempts per game. Sounds cute and all. But when it comes down to it, I think LSU is going to lean on what they know best. Get those big mammoths up front along the offensive line and start clapping some cheeks. Because when you have that epiphany, epiphany moment, like I'm Gregory House from House MD, and you see that the teams that are constantly being the teams that one of them, one of them, Alabama, that beat Georgia in their last loss, LSU upsetting, upsetting Alabama at home. Why do you think Vegas and other people had LSU as a top 10 when the first polls came out? It's because they run the football at a very high clip. One thing that you can't challenge me about an opinion is that the facts don't matter or your let me let me rephrase that the facts don't care about your feelings when i can pull up the numbers and say lsu lsu threw the football for 270 yards per game Jaden daniels was your quarterback and then ran the football for 185 yards per game five yards per carry oh and by the way even though les miles was your head coach they broke a record with 40 plus touchdown rushing alabama's in trouble and it's an ultimate hot take and and November, and that first week in November, you're going to come in here and say, Blake, you're an idiot. And I'm going to say, I might say, yeah, I'm wrong. And I might have egg on my face. But when they're getting their clap cheeks in those trenches and Will Anderson has no idea what Emory Jones just did to him and charges should be dropped on Emory Jones because of all the things that he did to Will Anderson in that game, my God. I raised my case, Your Honor. So you want to challenge me in the comments. You want me to talk about it. You want to say Blake's a homer. Well, facts don't care about your fucking feelings. Checkmate, bitch. All right. Let's get over to good friend Matt Trent from WBRZ. My heart's like really pounding. It's my... My pulse is 97. Good workout screaming into a monitor. That's what my cardiologist tells me. All right. Talk some LSU baseball, LSU spring practice. If you don't believe me, let's talk to Matt Trent. Not before we get to our good friends over at Grandcode, thegrandcode.com. We're back in a minute. Matt Trent next. Guys, you got to hit the button. Guys, I've got to talk to you about our good friends over at Grandcode. They are the Delta company based out of the state of Florida. They're founded by college football junkies just like you and I, and I am not sure if you're familiar with Delta 8, but you need to be. Gramco is the absolute leader in this field, and they have phenomenal products that I just need to tell you about. First off is the Wake and Bake coffee that is absolutely spectacular. The gummies are as well as they're the best in the market. So go to thegramco.com 
right now and use the promo code AYS25. That's thegramco.com, AYS25 promo code to get 25% off of your order. Jump on this fast as it is perfect for holidays, anniversaries, and everyday use. Gramco is hemp-derived and completely legal inside of the state of Louisiana. No medical card is needed, and shipping is very discreet. You must be 21 years older to order. Again, that's thegramco.com. Use that promo code, AYS25. We're back! What you doing that for? Dude, you had me fired up talking about Alabama and Florida State, man. I So, Matt, I think, I believe that LSU's toughest opponent next season might be Florida State. I don't know of a better – I don't know of a better duo along the defensive line better than Braden Fisk and Jared Verse, who, by the way, Cam Wire should probably sue that man for how bad he made him look on national television. Yeah. Matt, here's the thing about football, and I think it's cyclical and things changing in all sports. The three-point shot and, and NBA and college basketball, Steph Curry, right? How spin rate and exit velocities become a massive thing in the shift in baseball. Matt, you know – well, I know that how you feel about that, but here's an interesting stat, okay? LSU and other teams beating elite teams like Georgia and Alabama – they're running the ball at 187 yards per game, but I'm supposed to. I'm supposed to hear Blake Jane Daniels is booty. Holds the ball too long, man. <laughs> Matt, did you know that LSU threw the ball on average last season through 14 games for 270 yards? Did it, would that when you hear that number, does that surprise you? Wasn't it? Wasn't it to be factually accurate? Wasn't it 269? Oh God. Yes, it was two hundred sixty nine point three. You're gonna do. We're we're gonna do that tonight. But Old while while your dog is licking your elbow, yeah, I I think I think see that that is a huge merchandise opportunity for you. Just holds the ball too long, just right across the shirt. I was actually thinking about just putting a picture of your face on the shirt and saying D's, and on the back say, "Never mind, never mind, never mind." Never mind. That's, I mean, that's just that's just weird. I don't. I don't. That's just weird. It's strange. Now I'm uncomfortable. I have a dog. I have a dog licking my elbow when you're talking about these nuts. It's, well, I'm not licking. The, dude, aren't dogs like just the? They lick like the weirdest thing. Like our dog licks our my wife Megan's feet. I'm I'm sure there's an OnlyFans for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if you go into OnlyFans and type dog licks feet. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you'll get. You'll probably hear some of that too. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this is going in, in, in a direction that's kind of normal, but I never planned for it to go. Hot, All right. Yeah, hot, hot start this Wednesday. Hot All start. right, Matt Trim from WBRs here's our guest. Matt, let me start off very quickly. Uh, you were out of spring practice. Anything that you noticed uh, specifically when you were out there this past week or the Man, or Tuesday? I didn't, I didn't really notice anything, you know, jarring because we can only be out there for the first 20 minutes. Uh, it was actually my first practice that I had personally been out there. Um, this so season, like of, this spring, you mean, just yeah, to clarify, because yeah, yeah, they'll obliter obliterate you in the comments if you don't. Yeah, yeah, because I was um, just trying to get the lay of the land and 
you know, who was out there, who's doing what and stuff. Um, so I immediately, I walked in and kind of the way the layout is right when you walk in, uh, they were, it, it's like defensive backs, like secondary, uh, and then like defensive line is like on the other side, but they're kind of, they, they only let you, you can't walk between fields, right? which really sucks. So mm-hmm. you can't really get, and, and obviously the past, they strategically place certain groups at certain places so we can't like the offensive get, line just call yeah, the position. Like the offensive line and like during orgeron it was like the defensive line like down at the other end of the field so we can't really get a, a really close look at some of these position groups but then on the other field like the far field it was quarterbacks uh running backs like wide receivers a bunch of the offensive skill guys so i went down there after looking at the um uh, like a secondary, Tobiano looks real good. When what 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 stood out to him when you saw him for the first time? It was just like it. It was just um, because I didn't. There there was no team period. Obviously, when you're in that, so it's a lot of indie work. It's just a lot of like quick drills, rotating. It's it's really a warm up period, honestly. Like mm-hmm. it's just kind of you know fundamentals, small stuff. But they did a drill where there were three defensive backs total in the drill and you would stand um, back to back. So it was two on one side and, and one on one side and you were back to back and you would run, they would have cones at the other end and they would run, you would run in opposite ways and then you would turn around kind of like a pseudo Oklahoma drill where right. you would run separate ways and then come back and meet at the beginning. And the two kind of had to like fake tackle or like wrap up or, you know, simulate mm-hmm. a tackle on the, on the one lone guy mm-hmm. and Toby on man. He just, you just see, you just see guys that are just athletic and, they, and they're not even trying. And it looked like he was still trying to just like figure out the drill, but he was, he was still so good. You know, he was still so good. Which makes it so much interesting though, Matt, with that, because he's taking first team reps and he doesn't know what he's doing to some extent of what the drills are. Right. Like, isn't that kind of a, a little bit surprising? Yeah. And, and- and when I say like don't know what he's doing, it, it, he still got a little bit of that freshman hesitancy, right? Know, like, right. I'm still trying to figure out what what the coaches want, what the drill wants, and I've still got to use my athleticism within all of that. Um, he he looked really good. Um, trying to think. Did you see? I know that y'all had a video on BRC with Omar Spates, the Oregon State transfer, uh, the linebacker, number mm-hmm. one. Would you yeah. thoughts on him? I did. I did not get. Any, I did not. I saw him. I did not get any video when I was out there. Okay. Um, I did not get a lot of linebacker video, but I went to the. So after that, I went down and got um, quarterbacks. Saw you know Jaden Nussmeyer and Ricky Collins. Pretty simple stuff. Just quick throws. You know, just drill work. So nothing really that I was like, oh, you know, unbelievable. Um, but I did. It was the first time that I had seen when I went to the running backs, Trey Holly. Not as small then, as everybody thought he was, huh? So let me tell you, I saw him, uh, let's say, two years ago in the 3A state championship game against Madison Prep when he was a sophomore at Northwestern State when you right. Harris played Madison Prep. And that Madison Prep defense was just unbelievable. I mean, I Quincy Wiggins, like, Major Burns. Yeah, they right. had like, I think, four. D1 dudes on there. Like, I mean, they were just unbelievable. But, but even still, you could, t- and, and he struggled, but even still, you could, you could see it. It was like, all right, just do it. 
when I tell you he's built like a brick shit house, that that's exactly the. If I could say it on air, that's exactly the term I would use. He's no, Matt, you can't curse on a podcast that allows cursing. FCC regulations, you know. Well, let me tell you, he is built like a brick poop house. That's, okay, that's what he's built like. Thank you. So, now I only owe Sirius XM twenty five dollars. Anyway, <laughs> I'll, I will gladly write that. Check. But he is, and he's huge, and and that's you know that's a. Um, you know, that's a position, too, that's a little light with John Emery out. Armani Goodwin, Brian Kelly said, is not going to be back until they pretty much start fall camp. Which is so um, wild on the hamstring. So yeah. That's a long yeah. time on a hamstring. Yeah, so really it was it was um, Noah Kane, Trey Holly, and then, like, I mean, I think I think it was like a walk-on guy. I mean, I, I, mean, I didn't even kid, know who, right. Yeah, right. I know who the kid was. Um, so, yeah, it was – it was good, man. And then, like, talking to Brian Kelly after. Did you think that your Malik Neighbors question would blow up the way that it did? No, I just was like, I, I was genuinely just curious because it's always, I, I more so wanted to see, you know, if there was any kind of Kayshawn Booty residue on that group, you know, just kind of see if any of the. No, I mean, I mean no, it, it's. I don't think you realize what you just said. You said booty residue. So I mean, just... <laughs> you got you got a laugh from my fiance. So that that means so it Brindley be... laughed. So now <laughs> see, look, your your fiance laughed. I'm a funny yeah. guy. Funny how, yeah. but funny guy. But I did like you had you know you have to you have to wonder about especially with a younger receiving core like that. You have to wonder if it's kind of you know rules for thee but not for me type of deal. You know, like, oh, well, Kayshawn did this, and I can do that. But I don't think that's the case at all, because according Agreed. to Brian Kelly. According to Brian Kelly, like, the thing, the, the deal in New Orleans was, I'm not going to say it was a random occurrence, but it was one of those things where I'm not totally going to put Malik at fault. You know, it's Mardi Gras. You're in a large group of people. It's, it's a wild time, okay? So right. I can't really fault you for having a handgun, as crazy as that sounds. You know, um, but Brian Kelly said outside of that, he's been a plus all across the board. Yeah, talked about that he might give him a C. I mean, Matt, that's the biggest question that you asked. I mean, you asked a question of Brian Kelly, and Matt, that's the biggest thing that you got out of the whole thing, right? Well, I mean, I, I will say, I will say, Brian Kelly did say, you know, we're not ready to, you know, slap that C on his jersey yet. Matt, he doesn't but, bring that up. He does not bring that up if if he's not in high consideration. Maybe, maybe, but I think what I got from Brian Kelly is that he's doing it. He just needs to do it consistently. Like mm -hmm. we need to start stacking weeks and then months, and then we can look at you being a captain of this team, leading this offense, being a go-to guy. You know, we need a first down. We need a big play. We need a touchdown in a crucial situation. Malik's our guy. And right. I think he starts – he has all the ability in the world, and I don't see – anything outside of this BS stuff in New Orleans with the handgun that would say otherwise. I agree with that. All right, Matt, let's transition really quickly because, uh, oh, what you drinking there? Some wine? Uh, it's prune juice. You know that the FCC doesn't find me for you drinking on there. Did you know that? They don't? No, they do not. Well, it's prune juice. I'm not drinking on air. Okay. Uh, anywho, Matt, we have a top five matchup. This weekend in the in Alex Box, number one LSU versus number five Arkansas. I very quickly, here's my here's what I want you to tell me. What's your biggest concerns right now with LSU? 
did I just stump you? Did I just make you no, speechless for the first no, time in your life? No, you did. You yes, did. I did. No, no, you didn't. No. Yeah, I did. No, you did. You didn't because I I have some, but I don't want to like quite go there just yet because I got to see it against SEC competition. Um, but hypothetically, hypothetically, once you see it. What well let me ask you this. What question do they have to answer for you right now? I mean, I think they answered a lot of questions this weekend against Texas AM. I think that the front line, uh, the rotation is front line in the SEC. Like I know everybody is gonna go up in arms about Thatcher Hurd, but that was literally like his second start against a quality opponent, you know, Texas and then this one. And he didn't do, you know, halfway horrible. Um the, the offense was fantastic. Josh Pearson, who would have thought that Josh Pearson would have stepped up and had the weekend that he had and just mashed ball all over the place, drive it. You did? Oh, yeah, you're, you're that guy? Okay. No, I, mean, I, I, mean, I told like, you, I, I said put him in the lineup and put him at one. Because, but that is the crazy part about this team this year is you've got dudes like Josh Pearson that are chomping at the bit and fighting just to get playing time. Competition like, breeds success, baby. Like Josh Pearson, how many played a major, How many games did he not play in last year as a freshman? Uh, I think he played over over seventy five percent of the games. Yeah, you know, and like came up in a big moment in the uh, regional against Southern Miss with the, with the game winning hit that didn't even leave the infield. That high chopper. That, right, right. You know, which so by he, the way, I was there, and and what a hell of a. By the way, that pitch was ninety seven miles an hour. So I mean, yeah. it's, I mean. So I'm like it. I know a lot of people were like, oh, my God, just because we haven't seen a whole lot of him this year. But Jay was just like, the dude has been putting in so much work, and he's been so great in practice. I was like, nah, I'm just going to go with a gut feeling here and just put him in, and he mashed. Mm -hmm. Just absolutely mashed. The one, the one thing, though, for me, if I had, like, a hot take, is the back end of the bullpen. I agree with that. That was my, that was my I, last question for you. Because I think that, like, Christian Little is the guy in the ninth inning. Like, he's the guy. Um, it's just getting to him is going to be, like, a little bit, I think, not sketchy, but a little bit like we might have to do a couple weekends of set-up guy by committee to mm -hmm. figure it out a little bit. Like, Shores, Shores was good. I actually – More than good. I, I, mean, I don't – yeah, I don't hate him in that role. Um, I would like to see him start just because of the stuff in general. But if he can, if he can refine the control, like he's got, I mean, he's got put away stuff with mm -hmm. every single pitch. The problem, and I asked Jay this on Monday, I asked Jay if he is a big, hey, this is my closer. We're using him in the ninth inning. He's our guy. Or do you like to have two or three dudes you can roll out? Garrett Edwards, Chase Shores, Christian Little, dudes that can come in and get a lot of outs. Um, and he was like, I've done both. He was like, I've done both my entire career. The problem with that is, is that you run the risk of just overthrowing a dude. Mm -hmm. We don't have like Paul Kevin Gervais. Cops. Well, we, well, yeah, but we don't have a Kevin Copps a couple of years ago from Arkansas. That's like, we need to throw you on Friday. Yep. Can we get, can we get an inning on Saturday? Yep. Can we get an inning on Sunday? Yep. Can we, can we start you midweek? You know, we don't have dudes that have rubber arms that can just bounce back like that. Those are few and far between. And that's why he was unreal for Arkansas a few years ago. So you do run the risk of that. And also too, 
I think Jay is going to have to maybe use a couple guys because they don't throw a lot of people twice in a weekend. So they don't they don't throw a lot of dudes twice in the way. I don't my memory right off the top of my head. I don't think anybody threw twice this weekend. Um, and I think Cooper. Okay, that's right, that's right. But and and two, if I'm thinking back to U and O midweek, he also threw then. Garrett Edwards also threw then. Correct. Two, if I remember. So I think that's what Jay is starting to try to do is trying to like, all right, we'll throw you midweek and then see if you can come back on Saturday. That's exactly what he's doing. See if you can come back on Sunday to kind of see how you react, see if the stuff is still there, and see if you can get outs at a, on a consistent basis. Matt Trent, WBRZ, hey, your final four, go, go, right now, as we're letting you out the door. Final four, go. Women's? M- men's. <laughs> that's all we care about here in Baton Rouge, the women's final four. Women's, get, women's final four. Get, that's what I tell, tell our next guest, uh, you know, Jordan Black. She's coming on. She's award-winning, uh, you know, journalist. And, and so I asked her the same thing. And everybody called me biased, Matt. Here come the Tigers, damn it. Here come the Tigers. Utah Utes are going down. They can't beat SEC opponents. It's bottom line. They're 0-72 against SEC opponents. And now that Indiana's not in that bracket, I mean, dude, it's... If you're Indiana, they lost to Miami twice in women's basketball and men's basketball. How shitty do you have to feel with that? I mean, pretty shitty, especially when you get back on the bus and you got to go back to Bloomington, Indiana. Very true. Matt Trent, see you next week, buddy. Love you. All right, that's Matt Trent. WBRZ was our guest. Let's go to Jordan Black. As I was just mentioning... She is an award-winning sports broadcaster. She is amazing. We're going to talk some March Madness with her next. We got a lot more that I want to talk to her. And I told you before in the beginning of the show when I mentioned her, some of the stuff that she's doing in the podcast world, absolutely fantastic. We'll talk about that with her next. But let's talk about our good friends over the Drake Williams Law. I mean, excuse me, excuse me. We did that ad earlier. Our good friend Carol Falls over at Steak Farm. Guys, we're back in 45 seconds. We're Jordan Black next. Guys, you might know my good friend Carol Falls and all the great service that he provides over at State Farm. He is your good neighbor after all. But did you know State Farm has surprisingly great rates as well? Along with the great neighbor service, State Farm agent Carol Falls has surprisingly great rates for everyone inside the state of Louisiana. So call him today at 985-395-4300, 985-395-4300 for all of those surprisingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there, and individual premiums will vary by customer. All applicants subject to the State Farm underwriting requirements. All right, we're joined now by our good friend. Well, I don't know. We're not good friends yet, but hopefully <laughs> by, the, yeah, but by the end of the interview will be Jordan Black is our guest. We're going to talk some March Madness, and I got to tell you that I'm not just saying this because you're with us with Believe. I don't mean – this is just truth. Jordan, some of the things that you're doing in the podcast game, like I went and listened to Lisa McCaffrey today. What a what an episode. Okay. Thank like, you. So I want to talk means about, a lot to me. Thank you so much. Well, it's true. I mean, facts don't care about your feelings, and it's just true. So we'll talk about that at the end. But you caught my eye last week when you said this. Who's the best Eric Musselman? A shirtless <laughs> Eric Musselman or a clothed Eric Musselman? As our first okay, question goes off, listen. you tell me. You know, I I mean this strictly from a, an entertainment perspective because you know I got to cover 
Eric Musselman and the Hogs. Uh, and I, I should say this when I, when I share my, my take, that's going to come out and believe. Um, I got to cover them for almost four seasons and I was there when they made the transition from Mike Anderson to Eric Musselman. I mean this from a strictly entertainment value because I should share a funny text, um, that I got from my dad over the weekend that was like, I don't know if he should take his shirt off. (laughs) uh, That that kind of, um, I mean, his, his body's not bad, right? Uh, can I just be honest? I, I I really didn't look at his body, you know, like he, but he's not like a slob, you know, like you can right, tell, right, you right, can right. tell my man does some CrossFit, right? Like totally. You know what? So like just a little shameless plug for me. His wife Danielle was one of my first guests, and um, she said they work oh. out really hard together. That's like one of the things they like to do together. So I do know for a fact that he does work out. Um, and you know what? He is entertaining. Um, and I will say. He is exactly how you think he is because mm. when he when they win, you get the best version of him. And when they lose, he takes it to heart. He's emotional. And you know what? You can say whatever you want about it, but he cares so much. And I, I think that's a good thing. You don't want someone who's like nonchalant and like, oh, we lost. Yeah, on to the next one. You know? Well, he definitely he definitely like he definitely takes everything to heart. And he definitely is a fantastic coach in March, which they have UConn, the four seed, which, look, I, I told everybody this uh, to begin the show, and they kind of the, the listeners, I think, know my bracket by now. But my final four was Bama, Tennessee, Texas, and UCLA. I just couldn't see Arkansas getting past UCLA. But now that Arkansas goes up against UConn, they take down the Jayhawks. Do you think that they can get past UConn? First of all, you have a pre- you had a pretty good bracket. Oh you know, yeah, I, I'm like them. leading all brackets because those are my final four, and they're yeah, all still okay. in it. I I don't know if you need an ego boost, but dang, um, that's pretty good. Can um, I tell you something shamelessly to really interrupt you? I didn't pick it; my son did. He's three. Oh okay, well, that's, <laughs> you know, the show. Um, you know the 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 kids. I don't know how how young your son is, but like little kids can just can just get it. He picked Texas. Because the 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 cow, daddy cow, daddy cow. So I'm like, oh my god, this kid's so smart. He's gonna take over my job. <laughs> okay, so sorry. Back to your question. Ask your question again. Uh, can Arkansas take down UConn? Do you think it's a realistic oh. chance that they can take down the Huskies? I do, um, and I have I have three ish reasons. Okay. Um, I think. Arkansas plays its best basketball in March. They've proved that. This is obviously a different team, but there is something that this coaching staff, that this team buys into in March. It's been on full display under Eric Musselman for three straight years. Um, Devo Davis plays his best basketball in March. Now, do I expect him to put up 25 again? No. Um, But do I expect him to put the team on his back and and show off his his veteran status and his leadership? Absolutely. I think Ricky Council has been amazing for them too. Agreed. So I, I expect him to be just as great as he's been. And then I think what's really been on display, and it was something that I talked with um, one of the Kansas experts about last week um, when obviously they lost to Kansas, was if Bill Self was coaching that game, would the outcome have been different? We don't know. But would the final moments have been different? Because when Anthony Black took that charge, would Bill Self have allowed that? Um, because would they have just called up a different play knowing that Eric Musselman would have drawn that up? Right. NBA experience is always on full display. 
because he has all that experience. And I think it shows off during March. So, um, for Uh-oh. You know, UConn's a good team. Um, but I think Arkansas, like, has the want to and has the fight. And then, I mean, there's also this whole element of Hog fans travel, Hog fans in, in Vegas. I... I, I don't know what, what it will be like, but I, I can only imagine that it will be hog wild. Um, so <laughs> there's that element too. All right. So let me ask you this. I, I'm with you, them getting past UConn. I'm not with them getting past UCLA. You with the, Are we on the same wavelength here or am I, am I going crazy? No, I think you're, you're good there. And, you know, um, candidly, I didn't have them getting past Kansas because I, I, I thought Kansas was just so good and that conference has been so good that this year. Um, so it, it was really hard for me to see them getting past Kansas and right, like that game obviously could have gone either way. Um, but UCLA has really proven a lot of doubters wrong I too, know. right? Like uh, they have so many injuries. They're, you know, they're not going to get far. Um, and they've really kind of shown us that that doesn't matter. They have the depth. Um, to be able to outplay a lot of a lot of teams, so I have UCLA. I think coming out of that region, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I just think that in sports, for me, and this is going to be such a old man get off my lawn take. I'm just a chalky dude, meaning like I, I always pick the chalk. I always pick the big boys because look, you got your Princeton's in there, you got your Creighton in there. Yeah, I don't know if you get past Bama, you know. So to kind of transition into the that other side, that that top left bracket, the number one overall seed, Alabama Crimson Tide. What do you think that they're going to do? Or that Jordan, candidly, as an LSU dude, I hate it. I don't like Bama, but I know that I got to be real with myself that they might be the best team in the land. Do you think that they are able to have some success this week and get to the Final Four? Yeah, first, how hard is it for us as I grew up in like a huge Gator fan, SEC fan through and through. Okay. But I, I went to Carolina, so my my blood is now Carolina blue and you know, we can we can talk about just shades of blue are different. That's all. That's all. We can talk about, you know, um Carolina later, but um obviously for that reason I hate Alabama and so how hard is it to see Alabama good at basketball. They already got football. <laughs> Come on. Um, it's not fair. Right. But um, I think um, we talked about this on like a, a Believe video. I believed in my heart of hearts that all of the outside noise would force uh, Bamba to crumble. Uh -huh. And I also, because I believe in right and wrong, also thought that that is the reason why they should crumble, right? They're not doing things right and there are consequences because they aren't handling things correctly right so we know what those reasons are um and i just don't think you should be perpetuating bad behavior and we saw bad behavior do you think side, brandon right? miller should be suspended yeah i i think there should have been some type of consequence whether that was a one game suspension or a, a multiple game suspension whatever it was to to talk about it like you know um, I, I forget exactly how many Oates worded it, but it was. He said, "Wrong play, odd. wrong place, wrong time." Wrong place, wrong time, and then, but when he did the um, the walkout. Um, uh, oh yeah, yeah, the pat down, right? Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, and and also, you just sometimes suspend players so that 
you know, now I work in communications, right? Sometimes it's all about perception and the perception there wasn't great. So sometimes you just do things so that your image as an organization, right? There's still an organization. Um, you look better. And now you have the whole country looking at you like it's not great. Um, but to answer your question, do I think that they're going to make it far? Yes. They're just too, too, too good. I agree. Um, they have too many wins. They have too many good players. They have good coaching. They have all the pieces and they haven't given us any reason to doubt them. All right. So I'm with you there. And I just don't like if they can get past San Diego state, I, I I'm not sold on Creighton and Princeton. Like look, Princeton, one of you guys are going to be my attorneys one day. Sounds great. Thank you so much. I love everything that you do. But with all due respect, <laughs> you're about to go up against a juggernaut that you have no business going up against. The team that I think that they will have the most struggles with is Tennessee. Now, they won't ma match each other until they get uh, uh, get to the Final Four. But Tennessee gave them everything they had. If I'm not mistaken, they had a loss to them. But let me ask you this. On the bottom of that bracket, if we, if we think Bama is going to be able to come through, Tennessee – FAU, K-State, and Michigan State, do you think who, – who is the best team out of that side of the bracket? Who do you think comes out of that and maybe plays Bam in the Final Four? Yeah, I mean, I, I want to go with Tennessee, right, because, like, the SEC was strong. Um, but the Kansas State-Michigan State matchup is so interesting. I agree with that. Comes out of that game is going to give us, like, a really – I don't know whoever comes out of that game, I think is going to prove a lot because one, that the line on that game is so tight. Um, both those teams had good wins ish, you know, here and there. Um, so I'm interested to see that game. And then I think I'll have a better answer, but I do, I did like seeing Tennessee obviously beat Duke for multiple reasons. Um, <laughs> As says the Tar Heel. Yes, exactly. Um, I couldn't even put, Duke out of the first round from Oral Roberts, you know, my heart, <laughs> my heart, but I had to go with my heart there. Um, but I, I do think Tennessee is so interesting. And like a long time ago, I thought they could have contended for a national championship. And then obviously they had a, a devastating injury too. So that they're an interesting team and they've kind of pulled it together too. And you were like, what's going to happen to the point guard play um, without Ziegler. So I, I want to go with Tennessee, but I do want to see the Kansas State-Michigan State game. I think if there's a team that is a seed below a four that's going to do it, I think Tom Izzo has the experience, the coaching, and the players to do it. I'm with you. That's the game that I literally in my notes have starred that I think that's going to bust my bracket all the way up. I, I'm going to pick that game. I actually do like Michigan State a lot. Now, can, I think K-State's also really good. But to stay with my original, I, I, like I like to chalk. All right, the last one before we get to some of the things that you're doing in the podcast world, you got you got Houston, Miami, and then you have Xavier in Texas. How do you see those games uh, panning out? Um, I have gone with Texas from the start for so many I'm with reasons. Um, I think they, they've played so well. They're in a tough conference. They've shown that they can beat Kansas, which was obviously hard to do. Um, but one of the reasons I really like Texas this year is because of all they've gone through off the court. And while that's not how you win games, it's how you become a team. And I think that's a really good storyline. It's why I'm rooting for them. And again, it's not 
why you're going to win the championship, but it's a really good storyline. And I really like that. I think it's why you come together. I think, you know, a separate storyline is really interesting, like what's come out um, with Chris Beard and like where he's now hired. And Right. And that's, that's such a wild story. It, yeah. Such a wild yeah, now story. We're going to see him in the SEC. Um, the Houston Miami game, I I was like all in on Miami. Um, I told you I grew up a Gator fan, so I'm not like rooting for Miami, but I <laughs> I think Miami was a team to watch in the ACC. Obviously, the only ACC team left, but um, Houston's just too good. So it's going to be Houston in the Final Four. Okay, there, you got the I you think, got you you got the Kooks coming out. Okay, uh, yeah, I don't mind. I it. think it's going to be Houston and Texas, and then Houston beats Texas. But I want to go with um, with Texas. But I, it's just Houston, I think. All right, so I don't mind that. I don't mind that from you. I think, think that's a good Texas? pick. I did pick Texas because I, what their bigs do inside, you know, like I just I I don't know. And Houston's been a little banged up, you know. And and again, I just I go with chalk all the time. And for whatever reason, I just for I'm not so the listeners know my playing history in college and the things that I went through adversity wise. But I think the biggest thing you sold me on it when you said it too, it's kind of the flip project of what Alabama went through in a way. Like, mm-hmm. so Chris Beard's exactly. arrested, he's fired. And then it comes out that she falsified charges. I don't want to get into that. Cause it, you know, I, like, I don't want to go there. That's not what our show's about. It's about sports. But at the same time, I'm like, man, when you have a group of young men that are really coming together and just kind of dominating in some aspects, sign me up. I really do like Texas, but if they did lose to Houston, I like I get it. I, I kind of think that they have. What's the? Uh, they've uh, you know, as my wife tells me all the time, I outkick my coverage. I think that like Texas would do that as well. Um, totally, and you know what the key is? Um, I I did multiple brackets for like different. You know, um, my <laughs> apartment building did one of my work. Um, you pick Houston and some, and you pick Texas and the other, and I definitely did that. But you know, you asked me one answer on your show, and that's the answer you got. I got. So I'm if with Texas it. Texas wins. I, I will always root for Texas. I, I'm with it. I, I do want to get to this, okay? Then I want to get get to your podcast, but just really quickly, you said you're a Tar Heel, and I love it. I actually like watching Carol, uh, uh, Carolina baseball. But let me throw this your way. My man Mac Brown's got probably the best quarterback outside of Caleb Williams in the country. Tar Heels going to do something in football this year. What, what, what are we thinking here? Are they going to do a little something with Drake May? I I hope so. I mean, I think Drake May can always do something, but it's a question of does he have the playmakers? Because Very he, true. they lost a lot of guys to the transfer portal, and then obviously a lot of guys going to the draft too. So I'm curious to see because they think the receiver room is going to be really young. And then you have a whole new offensive coordinator and his staff um, with Phil Longo leaving. So right. Interested to see the Chip Lindsey regime, um, and then uh, you know on the other side of the ball, I did not, I wasn't impressed um, by the defense last year, especially the past defense. So wait, Gene um, Chizik wasn't that good. <laughs> I, and I'm a huge Gene Chizik fan. Um, I, love, I, I love him too. I, I you know I will never like you know talk badly about him. I just like I, I wonder it, you know what kind of went wrong there. Um, so I, I'm so curious. I uh, adore Drake May, um, you know, from afar. I, I just, I, I, lo- I love that story too, that he, you know, was committed to Alabama and then like decided to go to UNC. Um, and I just hope he has the playmakers around him. I think like they really need to get stronger up front because the run game wasn't amazing. Um, so 
I'm curious to see. I obviously hope it, it's, I don't want to say better than last year because like getting to the ACC championship game is, right. you know, not, not all too bad for us Carolina football fans. That's, you know, <laughs> last time when I was in college, I think it was the 2015 ACC championship That's game. Right. Um, you know, we were pretty excited about that playing Clemson too. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think it's, the right coach, the right quarterback, and you know you can only hope that they have all the other right pieces get into place. I agree. All right, I do want to get into this with you. A couple questions here, and I know that I'm keeping you a long time, so just bear with me. I got two questions for you on this. Happy to be here. Number one, so I'll go ahead and plug your podcast. Go ahead and plug like what you're doing, so it makes sense to everybody, and we're all on the same page. Can you do that for me? Sure. So. Uh, just a tiny bit of background was I was a traditional sports anchor, um, worked in Mississippi and um, Fayetteville, Arkansas after college. And you get two minutes to share sports and stats and scores typically, but you know, the best stories are the feature stories. And I love that part. And I love getting to know coaches and players and staff members. And I really wanted to pick that up when I moved to Chicago, which is where I am now. Um, and I wanted to share that some way and believe was able to help me do that. So um, I talk to coaches, players, media members, coaches' wives, um, coaches or players' moms. You were talking about Lisa McCaffrey, who was absolutely wonderful. And um, my podcast is called Scoop Du Jour. Um, and we basically get the scoop, but I like to describe it like this. Um, my Whenever I send a one sheet to someone who I want to be on the podcast, um, I, I have this little blurb and it, it quite literally says this. Um, and I think you said we can um, say curse words. On yes, this, you so. can. <laughs> okay. um, my grandma, we call her mama. She has nine grandchildren and she keeps up with all of them so amazingly. And she, you know, she went to Miami, by the way. So she's, you know, she keeps up with the hurricane. She'll watch the Tar Heels, but she doesn't really care about like, you know, Drake May going off for <laughs> two rushing touchdowns and, and three passing touchdowns. Right. She cares that Drake May has three siblings and what his mom did to raise them. Mm. Um, so I say that I want to tell the stories that mama gives a shit about. And I have that in the one sheet. And I think that's what we're doing. Um, we're talking to people. We're learning about them. We're talking about their day to day. We're going beyond the score, beyond the game, which is so cliche in sports, right? But um, we're just getting to know people and we're just talking. And as, as cliche again as that is, um, it's been so much fun. I've had great guests. They've been great to me. And it's been just a fun, fun, fun side hustle, side project, um, especially here in Chicago where it's very cold. So <laughs> what better way to hang out inside and talk to all these people, who, especially what's really neat. I think you probably get this with podcasting. People who you've adored for a long time and then you're like, oh my God, I'm talking to you. I know, you know? I know, right. Podcast, we get to do that. I think it was, um, or is... Ernie Johnson, who I met over the summer, who said, this is a, a get to job. Um, and we get to do this, you know, mm, you don't no doubt. have to go uh, drag to the office every day. Um, so that's the long spiel about it. I, I'm with you there. And, and look, if you continue to do it, it won't be a hobby kind of like what happened to us, but hopefully, and I think that you will be there one day because it caught my eye and just listening to it. So it's interesting. I asked you this off air, but I want to ask you here on air if of all the people that you talked about, so like Lisa McCaffrey, Joy Taylor, who's, by the way, nephew, plays for LSU, a team that we obviously cover. 
what what are you what is the overall theme i guess like lisa mccaffrey's got three boys one's one of the big best running backs in the nfl what are you learning right because i think that that is an, a very interesting like the your podcast and what you're doing is a very interesting niche right because Jordan, let's call it what it is. You see the guys on the field. You have no idea who they are off the field. You don't know how they got there. There's not so many cover stories in one episode on TV or a podcast that you can get to. What is the overall thing that you've learned from very successful people and people that have raised and been a part of some very successful people too? Yeah, that's such like a, a good question and a like thoughtful question because like you said, it's not a daily podcast um, and it's a weekly podcast that has kind of been on a little season one break, but um, it's not necessarily like, you know, what did um, Mason Taylor do to score the game winning two point conversion? It's, you know, um, what was it like growing up with Jason Taylor as your brother and a sports centric family? Right. So it's, it's getting to know these people and who they are and what drives them and um, what's something people don't know about them. What do you eat for What's your morning routine like? <laughs> right. Um, you know, um, for as silly as silly things as like joy, like who styles you, and um, you know, what do you binge watch, and um, you know, what's a quirk about you, um, and as but then as you know, interesting things is like a friend of mine who's on the Savannah Bananas. I'm fascinated by the Savannah Bananas. So who's choreographing this stuff, and and how are you doing it, and and tell me about it, and and then. You know, for a person like that who's loved baseball for all his life, I learned from him, you know, he was like, I learned that it all also is just a game and I'm still playing baseball, but it's also entertainment. So I'm learning so much from these people and all these different sports from baseball to obviously reporting to football to um, I think there's like a wrestler next season. Like, I mean, we are going so all over, but really we're all people, right? Like, I, I mean... I, I wasn't an athlete, but um, I think we all have a lot more in common than than we don't, and that's another cliche. But um, it's just been so cool and so fascinating. One thing I ask everyone is like, "What's the best piece of advice you've ever received?" And I've never gotten the same answer, which is crazy. Like, no one's like, um, you know, treat others the way you want to be treated. Everyone has something different. Everyone has a different story. Everyone has a different person that's a mentor to them. So that's been really cool and special. And I've kind of like cultivated all of that advice. Um, and yeah, it's just been, it, it's been such a blast. People tell me when I write stuff down, you know, you said something really good. That's interesting. <laughs> and you know, it's kind of like, I, 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 you get to a point too, where it's like when people, when you ask somebody like what you ask them, for me, it's going to be a different answer depending on what time, like how my life is going at that exact moment, yeah. you know? And so it's just really interesting. Uh, so Jordan Blackstar guess Jordan, I got, I lied. I do have two more for you. So I have three total. All right. Um, what do you feel about like when people, I, I guess, what's the reception, I guess I should ask about like what you're getting, because listen, I listen to Lisa McCaffrey and I, and so I have a, a small son who did, who ran into our show earlier and it's like, daddy, I score five goals in soccer. And then, Aww. you know, having a little daughter, like, what do you, I, I, I guess, and it's such a hard question to ask, but when you get to, 
a situation where like what is some of the reaction because i find like this podcast fascinating to the extent of like okay well maybe i should do this with my son because look he, he's enjoying sports he loves sports i guess what is your reaction to all of that from like people that are listening to you and just yourself in general the reaction that I get from them. Yeah, from because yeah, because I think that everybody goes through life and everybody's a part of sports, but this is something that's not covered. I guess what is the overall reaction you feel that people are getting from some of the questions yeah. that you're at, like you're asking? Yeah, um, you know, it, I like that question too because in my day job, like I, so I, I work for a beer company, right? And I work and I do videos that go out to. Um, our distributors and our employees, and I'm often interviewing people and I give them the questions ahead of time. And right. one thing I love about my podcast is I, I tell people, you know, we're going to talk about life. We're going to talk about advice, your family, whatever you're comfortable talking about, obviously, but I'll give people questions ahead of time. And I love that. And no one's ever like, hmm, uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I will tell you in the real world, if people aren't like, you know, and this is no shade, right? Like we're all in the business of talking usually. And, you know, we know everyone can talk about themselves. But when you're talking about like a brand, it's a little different. Um, all that to say, whenever I'm interviewing people for the podcast, they're so eager to talk about themselves or like um, a cool moment they had or like the best um, the city with the best food. Or I think it was um, <laughs> Joe Barksdale, who was a former. Um, oh, yeah, I know, Joe. Yeah. He's been we've been on each other's shows a oh, lot you yeah, know, yeah yeah you know joe okay so what's so cool about joe is he had more years to play in the nfl and he was like i have a music career i want to do and traveling in the nfl helped him realize that like every mm -hmm. city has a musical influence um and I, you know you're just you're learning so much from these people by hearing you know you get one question you get another question and so all that to say like i don't write out all the questions because you have to listen to what they're saying to get your next question. You know this, you're, you're right. asking a question and listening to me. Um, so I think their responses have been so pleasant and I always like to follow up and say thank you. And I'll tell you a funny story. Um, Ed Smith, who is also Believe, um, mm -hmm. he was one of the most gracious guests, so wonderful, so kind. He has an amazing story and um, I will plug that you should listen to that episode if you're listening to this. He played in the um, MLB and then in the NFL. He is against tight end. Was a tight end, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and he played third base in the MLB. Um, he has one of the best Michael Jordan stories I've ever heard. Again, <laughs> you have to listen to the podcast to hear it. But my dad, um, who I keep talking about because he's the reason I know so much about sports, but he um, said it was his favorite episode. Okay. So I shared with Ed after list, um, getting this note from my dad. Um, my dad's, you know, Ed. Uh, um, my dad loved it. Ed, thank you so much again. Um, and my dad was like, I, I feel like you know we should hang out with him. We should invite him over. He just seems like such a nice man. <laughs> and I told Ed that I said, Ed, just so you know, you're you're welcome in South Florida whenever you want. Um, and now, you know, we've been on each other's shows again. And it was just so funny because my dad was so serious. He was like, I think we should invite him to Thanksgiving. I've had that. I know where you're coming from because I have that. I've had that same exact. I'm Italian. You think they're not going to invite him to Thanksgiving? I'm with you. That's that. It's yeah. a life. It's so a life we live. It's a yeah. struggle that we live. Like, I don't know this person. Like, Jordan, I don't know. You, like, we, you know what I mean? Like, you just, if my dad were watching this right now, I'm telling you, he'd be like, you know, 
I think Blake should come to Thanksgiving. Don't, don't, don't invite us because listen, I'm just going to let you know. <laughs> I mean, he we ain't going to turn it down. LSU fans, Gator fans, we all get along. <laughs> I mean, my there's in-laws. No, there's no back one there. My in-laws are Gators fans. All right. Last question, Jordan, and thank you so much for joining us. What state, what city, you said you were in Arkansas, you said you were in uh, Tar Heel. Who's got the better barbecue, Arkansas or North Carolina? North Carolina. Thank you. Vinegar-based. I love it. See, yeah. people people argue with me this all the time. They argue. I mean, I didn't become an offensive lineman by eating celery my whole life. That, that's what I try to tell them. Anyway. All right, Jordan, yes. plug yes. your podcast one more time. Thank you so much for joining us. Tell everybody where they can catch all your stuff. Um, the podcast is called Scoop Du Jour. It's spelled the same way as my name, so that's J-O-U-R. Um, anywhere you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can also watch it on YouTube. And... Um, on Instagram, it is at Scoop Du Jour Pod. Love it. Thank you so much. We'll bring you on again very soon. Thanks for having me. All right, that's Jordan Black joining us. Fantastic, dude. She's going to make it, man. I'm telling you. She's going to make it. That podcast is fantastic. Y'all need to go listen to it. All right. We're out of here until tomorrow. We'll see y'all again soon. Y'all have a good night. Peace out, Girl Scouts. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.